The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dangerous World Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dean, and we uh, are staying up late here to get this episode out on time. Hopefully uh, sending you on your way to work on Monday a little easier, I hope. Uh, We got a great guest on here. I don't know how we got the guy on. Uh, Brandon Peacock is joining the show, the old co-host, the liberal that some of you hate. And some of you love, but you got to listen. You got to listen to opinions that you don't agree with. And we kind of did like a year recap. We didn't get into every single event that went down in 2021 because, I mean, how could you possibly do that in this time frame? But uh, we did we did a little bit of that. We talked about uh, some of our ideas after kind of being exposed to this world and where we sit now as opposed to where we sit when we started the whole thing. Um, He talks about his life a little bit, which is interesting. You know, he's he's, you know, sticking with his ideals, but he definitely has has learned some things, as have I. You know, Uh, I admit that I shouldn't have supported Trump as gung ho as I did. I kind of feel foolish for doing so. Uh, It seems like he's kind of uh, walking back a little bit on some of his beliefs. I'll let you listen to find out which ones. Uh, But, yeah, guys, always fun to have him on. And uh, he'll be on more often. So I hope that you guys will enjoy that. I think that it's great. I think that it's great for the country to to talk to people that you don't agree with and to listen to their ideas. Some people get mad uh, when when you say that we should listen to to liberal ideology a little bit. All I'm, we don't have to listen to it as far as like follow it. We we can hear it though, right? I mean, this is kind of what makes the United States great is that you don't get your head cut off if you disagree with the party in power for right now. So uh fun fun episode and then for the patreon subscribers only three dollars over there patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast if you are a subscriber over there if you follow me um or if you just want to sign up it's very easy and you can listen to the full versions of every episode the same way you're hearing me right now uh i can teach you how to do that or you can google it very easy to do um you just plug in our private rss feed that you get from patreon right into your podcatcher, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, any of them. Um, I think Anchor does it as well. All of them do it. 
you just plug it in and boom, you're ready to go. It's, it's kind of like a cool exclusive pass. I do that with all my favorite podcasts. So, uh, or I should say the Patreons that I subscribe to. But guys, uh, do me a favor. Go over there. It's $3. You're not going to miss that $3. It's $3 a month. Okay. I pissed $3 a month and I'm fucking broke. You can do it. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, fun, fun stuff. I talked with Jason. You may know him as Colorado Dank. And we meant to talk about this uh, Denver football player, this Demarius Thompson. Uh, he died very recently here, uh, 33 years old. Lots and lots of symbolism, some uh, Obama uh, tangle entanglements, we can say. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. But we also, we meant to talk about only that, but we got into... Uh, some some Krampus stuff, which him and I may or may not be talking about more in the future here. Uh, but you'll get some great, great information. Uh, and he was nice and faded, which I always enjoy talking to fellow drunk conspiracy theorists. It is a once in a lifetime thing, even though it happens all the time. But the information you get out of someone when they're drunk is is mind blowing. Sometimes it's gold always to me. Uh, this is the kind of shit that, like, if I didn't have a podcast, I would still be talking to people that were drunk about conspiracies. So uh, fun, fun Patreon portion as well. So, guys, do me a favor. Head on over there. Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. Long plug for that. Uh, let's get to this Brandon episode, guys. I can't forget to tell you to check out Manscaped.com. Keeping that plug short, just go to Manscaped.com. Promo code is danger. Um, I'm fucking tired. Otherwise, I would plug them more. Uh, I'm going to absolutely do one of those fun old school ads on the next episode. Probably while uh, while Jason's live, we'll do like a live ad read for him. And uh, we'll, we'll goof around. Maybe him and I will rap back and forth about shaving your balls. But Manscaped's great. They, they help this podcast out. They help a lot of podcasts out. Manscaped.com. Promo code danger, guys, for all your shaving needs. Get the gift for Christmas for the balls that you care about most. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the episode with the old co-host, the old liberal Brandon fun, fun stuff. And then if you're cool, you'll hear from Colorado Dank as well, guys, take care, stay safe, have fun. We're doing our thing over here. Always going to roll out this year. Strong, man. going to fucking put out some bangers. You guys are going to enjoy it. So enjoy this episode and you will hear from me in just a couple of days after I talk with these two assholes. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how we got this guest. It was, uh, you know, reaching out to this guy for so long. And here he is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Peacock. Yeah, I, I, I finally had to, because uh, you just keep knocking on my door, man. My inbox is filled <laughs> with you and, uh, and Manscaped stuff. Uh, and that's pretty, much, that's pretty much been it. So <laughs> I, I figured I had to come. No, dude, seriously, for real, it's, 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 it's great to be here. It's great to be related to a famous person still, you know. Oh. And, <laughs> and I've been uh, uh, keeping up on a little bit of the stream. Uh, uh, and it's, it's been great listening to you as you've been gone, man. And it's been, uh, it's been pretty, pretty chill over here, too. So. Well, dude, so so what's been new with you since you left? Because uh, some some people think that like we had a falling out and I kicked you off, even though we made that pretty clear. You know what I mean? We made it very clear that you had some arrangements that made it so that it w you were just going to be stretching yourself a little too thin if you were continuing to do the podcast, because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, you know, not only researching for a show twice a week, but editing 
keeping up with all the like ad- admin stuff. Um, so now that, I mean, like, so why don't you clear that up? Why don't you talk about like what, what made you get out of here? Well, I, I, uh, I'm excited to, to hear that it's, it was somewhat of a story because that means people were talking about me, uh, other than my, my, my <laughs> family. So that's, that's, and over Thanksgiving, that wasn't a good thing to hear. Now, uh, oh. uh, if <laughs> I'm just kidding, no, I'm a guy who, like dedicates a lot of time. Like I spend a majority, I'm a serious dad at this point. Like I spend the majority of my time taking after my fur babies, my real baby. And, you know, with, uh, with Tristan, who is, who's 19 now. Uh, and then just like doing basic stuff around the house, man. So, uh, as I had even talked about while I was on the podcasts, like you were the, the furnace of ambition, uh, on this project, and I had a master's degree to start up, got it all lined up. It's been, it's been, it's been great. The GI bill has been helping another uh, strong uh, fist in the air for, for government power. That thing has been a, a <laughs> real helping hand. Um, and, oh, we're already starting this. Okay. I see. <laughs> I see where this is going to go. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but um, so yeah, with the master's degree, like I just had to spend my time on that and couldn't call myself a partner on this. Uh, if I wasn't going to go, you know, not even, I, not even the 50% that I thought I was going at the time, <laughs> I was, I was happy to be on board, lucky to be learning about the, the AV stuff that went along with, um, with producing the podcast. So no, we haven't like you and I haven't spoken, uh, hardly at all since we broke up, but that's not a function of there being some falling out any more than there was before we started the project. It was just, we're just doing, we're just doing shit, man. Like it's, 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 it's hard for me to get over to your families who is mostly yeah. my families for the holidays anyways, because I got a, I got a new family here uh, ever since moving back, moving back from Hawaii and it takes a lot of effort to just, just do the daily grind at a house um, and uh, live up to my, my girlfriend's stringent cleaning schedule. You know, yeah. I, got a, I got a Mexican girlfriend and, and a lot of stereotypes come through in this relationship. So I've become, I could be a pretty good like holiday in cleaner at this point, you know, like not have to think about it. Cause I've, I've, I've that and the Navy made me a really good uh, cleaner, you know, <laughs> but, Dude, Mexicans uh, are either filthy, dirty or spotless clean. And <laughs> most of them that I have met are spotless clean. I, my house is a pigsty compared to most Mexicans. <laughs> I know. I feel you. I know, you're, you're, you're good, man. Um, you've got some, uh, <laughs> you've got the Mexican in you, uh, in there in, in, in certain ways. I see it, uh, uh, in a glint in your eyes every now and then, um, especially gra- uh, grandma's influence. And if I, no, no one knows grandma is the most Latina, uh, you know, person in our lives, I think. Uh, yeah. at this point. Barely but, understand what she says when she speaks, honestly. But. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad Spanglish. My girlfriend, uh, she's a, she's a teacher too. And she can like, she can hardly muddle through the English language with her Spanglish. And she, she, uh, you know, that's she's fine. fine with it. <laughs> we talk about it openly and joke about it, but it's just funny uh, how uh, how the, the mind will change after you got two languages in there for a long ass time and they've all just mumbled up together. But uh, yeah, no, if, if there was a, a a sense out there that it was some falling out, uh, maybe we should have talked about it more on the last episode. But no, we were. Uh, I, I just had my master's degree and you were still steaming ahead with this thing. So I said, take the reins and. You picked up the audio stuff, no problem, and uh, and we we went that way, man. Yeah, it would have been shitty for the listeners to just quit or take a hiatus. So I figured, like, let's just keep rolling with it. And you were doing half the work, dude. Like, uh, obviously, we're not just going to be talking about this stuff the whole time. We want to get into a year in review 
kind of a thing and talk about, you know, the way that our minds may have changed, uh, how the narratives that we hold in our heads may have shifted a little bit or just what we think, um, you know, things that we may have may have been right about or may have been wrong about um, as as, uh, you know, seeing seeing things as far as not only like politically speaking, but like the world as a whole, it seems like you and I see pretty di- like very, very opposite sides of the, of the coin. So it's cool to, to not only learn the stuff that you taught me about the show. Um, and you were doing half the work, honestly, I didn't, I, I even, I will admit like, even like I, I kind of thought in the beginning, I was like, damn, dude, I'm doing a lot of shit. I'm researching a lot. And then when I start editing the stuff, I'm like, holy shit, this is kind of a pain in the ass. And like, you know, it is it is an interesting thing. So anyone that, you know, didn't respect your opinion on the show that was a listener or whatever, they just have to kind of realize like this, this show wouldn't be a thing without your involvement, especially early on. You know what I mean? So uh, so everyone everyone owes you some kind of thanks, even if they hate your opinion uh, or whatever, you know, there's people out there that absolutely would hate my opinion and think that I'm too annoying or too loud or whatever. But let's get into, uh, let's get into some of this stuff, dude, because, um, this year was, you know, we thought coming off the year 2020, we thought that 2021 might be calm after Biden gets in, after business gets back to normal or so they say. And six days in, we get some crazy shit on January 6, 2021, right? We get some weird stuff going down. Has your idea of what that was changed at all? Have you like I I just want to get your your uh, idea of what January 6th is now. I don't know if you've dug into that much. Well, yeah, because it's <clears throat> it's also the most pressing thing on liberal mainstream media's minds. You can tell because Still almost nothing yeah there's a little bit of a hiatus on that but with the creation of the um the january 6th committee Mm -hmm. um, a whole bunch of stuff that i would have uh, liked to see a lot more coverage on uh on on cnn and msnbc were covered up by uh, a lot of editorial pieces on the findings or so-called findings uh and Maybe they're even guessing just at subsequent find there's an entire 30 minutes just guessing guessing at what could come next uh, from the findings of the January 6th committee. I really am surprised and my uh, sort of stepfather or excuse me, father-in-law brought it up to me the other day that like, there hasn't been a whole bunch of coverage of the Hawaii oil spill, you know, that would have been chomping. That would have been red meat for blue media, uh, but it just kind of goes by the wayside. I did have to look up, uh, on CNN before this episode here, just to make sure that CNN did cover it in some way. And it's more about the litigation of the the whole event. But um, so anyways, January 6th is still at top of mind in mainstream media, which you guys know, I at least listen to uh, on both sides too. And um, the, the stance that I had with our last uh, episode with Sam Tripoli was, you know, I, I, I will admit some of the, the messages leading up to the sixth, the, the, the hashtag storm, the Capitol, uh, and then some of the participants of January 6th itself could have been some plants, some FBI, whatever, uh, CIA, I, all the, all the, all the letters of the alphabet, you can stuff in there. Uh, and yeah. it could have been then I have not seen, I have the, the evidence that I have seen for there actually have been, you know, 
for the, the fact that there were plants, for the fact that it wasn't FBI or CIA or, like I said, that alphabet of groups, that it had that influence, I have not seen that quite yet. But the way that the narrative is being written around it is a little bit, it does raise my, does raise red flags in my mind, even though you guys know I'm as blue as, almost as blue as can be here. Yeah. Uh, because they're, they, you realize they're not exactly going right after Trump, right? There's some of the New York attorney generals um, uh, lawsuits that are focusing a bit on that, but overall, they're not going after Trump himself. They're going after those closest to him, people who can build a better narrative about what was going on on the sixth. And not only Trump, Brandon, but they're not going after like Steve Bannon, Alex Jones is scot free. Uh, Who's the other dude? Fucking the guy that you liked out of all of them. The, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I can't believe Roger Stone. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Roger Stone. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, they're not going after Trump, but they're going after all of his associates. But right. not those guys that I mentioned. You know what I mean? They're not going after these high-level people. It seems. Well, well, no. How? No. I wonder how that narrative gets shaped in your mind because what I see in the last month or so is Steve Banning getting held in contempt of Congress. Yeah. Uh, so that's him. Uh, I think uh, Alex, Alex Jones, Jones got acquitted. He's he's scot free. So is Roger Stone. They're good to go on this whole thing. And then Steve Bannon. I think that's more smoke and mirrors in my mind. You know what I mean? Well, uh, now you're talking about because I didn't know that Stones. Um, I don't. I don't know. Oh no, here's Mark Meadows, uh, another one. Are you talking about as recent as that? Because I know Mark Meadows was held in contempt of Congress, although he already gave a whole bunch of stuff. So that's why. That's how I'm saying right now that they're going after his associates. Are do you still disagree? Like I could you- see. I mean, I could see that, but no, I don't think that there's so much going after them. I think that these are kind of more distractions. Because have you heard of this Ray Epps? character that they were real concerned about he's a fed he was an informant an agent provocateur i can read something real quick for you here this is from a an article the the title of the article from i don't know clarion i guess it's called uh meet the fed uh protected provocateur who shatters the january 6th capital breach narrative uh so we start off here in a house hearing on thursday rep thomas massey republican from kentucky Question A.G. Merrick Garland about a mysterious man by the name of Ray Epps, who instructed prosecutors, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, protesters to enter the U.S. Capitol building on January 5th and who later uh, shepherded crowds towards the Capitol on January 6th. Um, so this dude, there's footage of this Ray Epps, who is who is a, an informant uh, protected by the FBI and all these other agencies, the Department of Defense. Uh, all these, all these, you know, three letter agencies and this Ray Epps is trying to shove people into this, into this thing. You can uh, do a quick Google search probably and, and check him out. But this guy is very, very interesting. No charges brought on him, even though it is confirmed that Ray Epps did do some shady shit with the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, that this is one concrete case of a federally protected provocateur that was chauffeuring people in. And then, of course, you know, uh, Angeli, um, you know, there's all kinds of crazy theories about him. He's the Q shaman. And people are saying, like, he's Nancy Pelosi's nephew and all kinds of crazy shit, you know. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but he definitely, there's the weird videos of him, you know, where he's going in and shaking hands with the with the, the uh, 
the the Capitol Police there in the fucking Senate chambers. You know what I mean? And he's like, good job, boys. Like all this shit, you know, it seems very shady. And so I, I think that from where I stand, it would be foolish to to say that there was no federal entrapment type situation going on here. Um, whether Trump was involved, uh, whether Trump was trying to actually carry out an insurrection, because I don't know if you've if you've heard lately, I am like completely against Trump and I'm completely against Biden. Like I fucking I, I, I say fuck them both. I think that they are two wings of the same bird and it's gone. Uh, I was fooled. I will admit that 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 I thought that Trump was this America first and he's like trying to you know help out the worker and all this stuff even though he ran casinos and Miss USA pageants and or Miss Universe whatever but I mean he's not as far as we know not doing the same shit like fucking his daughter like Joe Biden did did you know what I mean so they're two evil dudes obviously and I think that uh, I I'm just curious so let's wrap up this idea on the January 6th and then let's move on to February well, yeah. So, so my, my idea is that they're not going after the main guy, but the, uh, congressional committee and the mainstream media are going after all of cohorts. And I don't see a lot of functional difference from impeaching, from criminally investigating a president. If you've done, if you've spent probably this is going to be a year or more worth, worth of work. Or this, this congressional committee to investigate and then criminally prosecute all of his cohorts. Like, I don't see a functional difference in that. And the reason that people say uh, the, uh, the, the, the people in government will say, uh, excuse me, on Biden's committee, uh, Biden's committees mm-hmm. will say why you're not uh, like, especially the department of justice, why you're not prosecuting Trump is because the narrative that we would build after a current president, prosecutes a former president would make us look like more of a dictatorship. And again, because they're prosecuting, not the, not the president, the former president himself, but all of his cohorts, Mm. uh, uh, or I I think they're going to try to prosecute them. Uh, I would argue they're in the midst of prosecuting them uh, uh, with these levies of um, uh, what's it called? Um, When you, when you don't give information to, uh, to Congress, um, yeah, withholding information. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that is that is tantamount to the same thing. Uh, and so the way, you know, everybody, every every uh, main like contender for the president and every president has some big, uh, big event to point to. The media has one big event that they can point to and say that this one event will poison their whole uh, uh, the, 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 you know, future America's perspective on this person's presidency or run for the presidency. And this is just another way. This is what I would call tantamount to the um, uh, Clinton Benghazi committee yeah. uh, uh, or the probably what you might have said at the time, the Trump Russia connection uh, committees. Sure. Uh, they that's, that's just all, that's just the way that the media likes to work. They like to focus in on, on the media and the Congress like to work, like to focus in on one sharp issue. And I don't know if we're going to find too much more than we already know or can be easily surmised by just knowing who President Trump was. Oh, uh, yeah, we won't. Yeah, there won't be any his, new information, I don't think. Right, right. So about his actions. on the CIA. So it's not just it's not about getting new information from what it seems to me. It's about 
persecuting tangentially you know the the, yeah. the former president and that makes us look like more of a dictatorship and makes biden look like a hypocrite when he uh goes goes to and uh and speaks at the democracy uh the international democracy council you know well let me ask you that since you brought that up are you content with the uh, with the with the way that biden and harris have been operating right now are you happy with it i i'm not comparing it to trump i'm just saying as a whole because in my mind they are fucking things up left and right um kamala harris has a lower approval rating than dick cheney did at the end of their eight years and like no one liked dick cheney um kamala harris i i'd be very very hard pressed to to uh drag something out of you that would say that Kamala Harris has done right. Uh, she hasn't accomplished a darn thing. Um, but l- l- I want to let you talk about that. Well, yeah, one one of the functions of me getting out of the podcast was not, was uh, not digging into each individual story as, as much as I would have if I were like contributing to an episode on the podcast. So I haven't seen much from Kamala Harris aside from the negative things, aside from his, uh, her, um, her staffers resigning and the uh, media is really playing into that too. So, I mean, like, what do you think about that? The media, like, it's very interesting that you see the media really going against uh, the, the Biden administration as a whole, because they were so pro Biden going into the 2020 election. Right. I mean, well, that, some of that is just a function of the media, you know, um, covering blood and gore. So any political sure. barriers, they'll go to that's kind of just in their DNA. Yeah. I, I was expect, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised actually to hear you acknowledge that the media has been going after uh, her and Biden hard because there's been some really feeble attempts in the last few weeks to analyze the way that the media has covered Biden and then compare it to the way that they covered Trump and uh, some data analysis um, that someone published said that the media treats Biden worse than Trump. Yeah, and that's obscene to say. That. You can see so you can actually go through the science of how they came to that conclusion. And one of my favorite podcasts, Five Thirty Eight, they go into the the science of polling of, of polling and like data analysis on people's perspectives on political leaders like that. They can just like tell like. He doesn't pass the smell test. Everyone acknowledges that the mainstream media is largely left wing. So it's, it's, I don't see them hitting Biden and uh, Kamala as hard as they did Trump. So let me, I'll just, I'll just say that. I think they're playing softball with them still, but the, if I, I don't know if it's that they're playing into Harris's ineptitude or lack of, uh, progress on any fronts i think that that's just a true reflection of what it's what it's been so far i mean i do you see as i'm sorry to cut you off but as a lefty do you see the the biden administration as separate from the harris administration at all um so i i i don't think so i don't i don't i don't know of too many actions that that Harris has taken that would go against Biden's in any substantial way. Well, yeah, um, she hasn't done anything. That's what I'm saying. It's mind-blowing the lack of, of action that she has taken as an individual. Like, you know, as a vice president, not doing one thing, man. Nothing. It's crazy. Right. I mean, I 
I'm always looking to compare it to someone else, uh, sure. to, to, to compare it to Pence. Yeah, Pence. Yeah. I, am, I am one from the left who tries to find good things on the right that the right has done and be, just to challenge my own beliefs. And I can do that for Trump. It's not that I can, it's not that I hated from the core of my heart Pence, but it, I can't think of one thing that he really led in uh either well he was in charge of the uh the covid he was the covid task force leader and they were getting kind of misled the entire time uh very clearly i don't know if you've heard about the things that have been coming out about fauci lately which are mind-blowing i mean the the aids foster kids which is tragic have you heard about that i i i again i haven't uh dug into the specific stories i just know that the 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 fervor you know my favorite word my the fervor against is is strong so uh educate me man yeah so there was a few things that came out there was there was one thing that came out fairly early on this year about beagles they were they were using uh sandworms or something which are very violent parasites and they were putting beagle puppies uh in in little, uh, you know, areas, they were, they were sealing the puppies heads in like an airtight sort of a vacuum plastic container and putting these parasites in and allowing the parasites to eat the beagle puppies faces while they were alive for some yeah. reason. And this is mainstream media confirmed this. You can do yeah, yeah. a quick Google search and you can find that it's 100%. This is no QAnon shit. Uh, yeah, well, so that, go ahead it's 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 not beyond my we we have a lot of problems with the way that we uh treat so no this is not beyond the 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 smell test here i'll uh, agree that he probably oversaw something like this yeah well and PETA was going at him for that and just i mean they still fucking support him for some reason because it's the left first right and that's a big problem in our country and i thought that that's what this show did you know try to fight against that narrative very well because you have a hardcore lefty and then someone that is I, I consider myself more moderate but you probably consider yourself pretty moderate too so i think that's like me being more on the right but seeing myself as moderate that's like kind of like this whole like i don't know if you'd call it dichotomy or what of a of an individual like you can me being on the right seeing you on the left and you're like oh dude that guy's far fucking left and then you being on the left seeing me as far right that's an that's a separate conversation um but yeah, that, that's what's very interesting is these these organizations like PETA, which are typically very liberal, they tend to support the individuals that are supported by the left. So that, that was one thing, the whole thing with the Beagles, which is fucking sad on its own. But something even worse um, was uh, in 2005, some studies came about with uh, some some AIDS treatments and medications that Fauci was testing on infants and kids that were in foster homes um babies and and children infected with hiv and he would give them these drugs that were clinically proven to cause defects and to cause other health issues and um gave them to these kids they started getting sick and they died by like the hundreds and supposedly they uh just took a, a small area and did like a mass grave for these children just dumped them in and and that was the last that that we heard about it until 2005 so uh, you know, not, you know, getting, getting away from like remdesivir and AZT and all these other weird, weird drugs that are proven to be very, very harmful that Fauci was involved with. Um, I'm just curious if you're, if your support for Fauci has changed at all. I, I, so again, my, my support of him is 
this is going to set up, this is going to sound so stupid to the listeners and to you, but my, my support of him is only drawn from my respect for authority of expertise. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know that there's some idea out there that Fauci is an idiot. I think it's mostly the idea that Fauci is a bad guy and will step over human, um, what is it like human rights, dignity, uh, health? I mean, I think he lines his pockets because I'm sure that you know this, that his wife is very, very involved with Moderna. I believe she sits on the board of Moderna. So it's a problem when you have the highest paid government employee uh, by a by a long stretch. And he's I mean, this guy is the deep state. He's a bureaucrat. Right. Um, A lot of people on the left say that deep state is like a hack term. But um, I mean, it's a real thing. This is not the people in the smoky boardrooms. This is people like Roger Stone. Is he's part of the deep state too? And I was like a, a fan of him. Um, but yeah, man, th- I think that this guy will do what he can to progress his agenda and to line his pockets. He also owns a patent on cDNA, which is like morphed DNA. Um, it, that's a long thing that I can. I would have to uh, look at notes that I took to actually talk about that with you, but um, he's just a a very shady guy. And it's very interesting that we, you know, the AIDS pandemic or the AIDS epidemic was fucking botched and we still trust this guy. He had to kind of lay low for 20 years because of his, his mishaps with that or 30 years, I guess. Yeah. So, so because neither one of us will call him, uh, you know, stupid uh, because we both think he's either, He's pl- he's plotting his way, right? And has for for a long time. He's like a, I think in your guys' mind, a bad actor with uh, good skills. You know, uh, he's he's able That's to throw weight, his he's able to throw his weight around. But my reasoning on falling back on exp- and looking for expertise is that the best way to um, the best way to garnish to garner uh, favor, support, finances from the world is to do a good job at what you're doing. And I think that um, because you and I and the listeners are looking at completely different data sets about what the COVID uh, the entire COVID episode has looked like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different that data that tell different stories about how bad it could have been was, is, will be, um, we we can't agree on whether we will we'll never agree if we're, because because we're looking at those different data sets we'll never agree that Fauci was uh, the best that we could get. Absolutely, I, yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. And I don't think I could make that argument, but because of my reliance on expertise uh, and money, you know, paychecks that go along with that expertise, right? Like. It, you imagine a perfect world where nobody had intentions. The the person who was the most valuable to any business or government endeavor is the one ideally who will be the most competent at that and should be rewarded with high pay so that oh, they don't yeah. go somewhere else. None of that argument will, will stick with, uh, with you or the listeners. I surmise because there's a total different, like there's, there's a skepticism towards, elite experts uh, uh in the conspiracy theory world and i i'm down to to stoke that flame uh i i really really am 
Um, and, and I've just had my eyes open to two more things that, uh, that, um, you know, put a divot in, in, in my thought of, uh, in, my, in my perception of, of, of Fauci. So I'm gonna have to look these up to be honest, to be honest. But, yeah. Well, uh, and that's good. That, but, uh, one succinct way to say it is that it wouldn't bother me if he was not the leader anymore of this anti of this uh, push against COVID. It would not bother me at, at all. But is 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 one is last last thing that I'll note about him. Yeah. So like if he got arrested or something, you wouldn't be like crying, you know? <laughs> I, no. Yeah. No, I wouldn't because I think there's probably a. I'm not saying he's the the most competent in this, but wherever whatever ranking he is of competency in this endeavor, uh, there's someone right behind him who probably won't do too bad of a job. I mean, what a good job in response to our COVID to, to COVID, and what a bad job is uh, between you know our two perspectives is going to vary, obviously. But he's going to yeah. be like kind of the same thing. You know, you know like, what, dude? I think if he were to get like arrested, or or if he were to pass away, which I never want anyone to pass away. Like you know, pe- sometimes people are like, "Oh, I wish this motherfucker would die" or whatever. I'm never saying that about anybody, dude. I think that Biden has one foot on a banana peel and the other on a grave, and I I don't want to see that dude pass away. Yeah, that's never good for the country when that happens. Right. Um, but if, if Fauci were to pass away or to step down or get arrested, uh, whoever would take his place judging off of what we've seen this last year, it would be worse because, you know, like, uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter just stepped down and, you know, the guy taking his place doesn't believe in the first amendment at all. He admitted that like live on air. And so that's terrifying. Uh, you know, the, the person in this, in this virtual time, time, uh, square or, or whatever you would call it, you know, the, 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 whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying? The place where people get to fucking communicate. Um, you know, this guy in charge of this now is, is not a believer in the first amendment, freedom of speech. And then you also have like everyone getting really excited when Andrew Cuomo stepped down. And for the record, I am very happy that the Cuomo brothers are out of business. That's phenomenal because both of those greaseball garlic knots, are pieces of shit. I'm so sick of seeing them. Um, but, uh, you know, this chick that took his place is going like Australian style, uh, tyranny over there in New York, like saying that, like, yeah, like your kids need to be vaccinated if they want to go to school and shit like that. I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, how do you feel about that? Your, your, uh, your chick is a, uh, is a teacher. Do you guys believe that young children should be forced this experimental, uh, gene manipulation or gene therapy? So I'll tell you a personal experience. I've got Tristan in the next room who's 19, uh, was 18, I guess, when, yeah, when the vaccine was available. Yeah, yeah, rolled out, yeah. And his dad is a huge uh, anti-vaxxer and Tristan is one as well. I find myself rationalizing to my girlfriend, his mom, um, about the fact that you know, whatever Trist, whatever decision Tristan makes to take or to not take this vaccine, which he hasn't taken it and actually derailed his uh, career goals as yeah. a phlebotomist because he went to school for it. But now they're requiring uh, all places with federal funding to get to get the, the, the shot or at least you'll you won't be hired because. They so is is his so, dad is his dad an anti-vaxxer or anti this shot? Because this is not a vaccine. Yeah. We've talked about this, too. Right, right. So I know that there's a difference in the way that you guys talk about, you know, anti anti vaccination 
from there's a difference in the way that you guys talk about it than we, what we do. So in your in your perspective, he is not anti-vaccine. He is anti this vaccine. He's got all the others and he's fine with that. Um, and so is so is Tristan. So he's only yeah. against this vaccine, I will say, and is obviously very pro Western medicine because he's trying to join it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I don't think it should be, quote unquote, forced yeah. uh, well, that's uh, good. Upon, upon him in in that way. Uh, I'm anxious to see because the Senate voted the other day to overturn um, Biden OSHA yeah. requirements. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see because he's going to veto that and it won't do anything. Yeah. But I'm anxious to see if they'll get two thirds. I don't think that they will. No, um, they can't do because you know what? It's interesting that you bring that up, man, because we're heading into the 2022, the the midterms, right? Yeah. It's fascinating to me that you see a lot of liberal leaders, liberal governors specifically going against Biden's mandates right now because there a lot of them are up for reelection, right? A lot of these representatives, a lot of different people that may be booted out if we believe that the election process is legit. Um, a lot of these people are kind of changing up their tune because they don't want to look like totalitarians for, for right now. But it'll be very interesting after. I'm not sure when the midterms are. Are they in November, too? Yeah, it'll be uh, throughout the latter months of 2022. Uh, okay. A whole bunch of them, a smattering of them are in November. There's some uh, in the early year. And then obviously primary season will define a whole bunch of things, too. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 what I that's what I think the narrative is right now for those lawmakers and governors right now, too. It's it's we know the, the left. The left is already talking about how bad we're going to get sloshed in 2022. And Bill Maher, who I, I, I still listen to every now and then, has some good points even that, that you guys will uh, will recognize every now and then. I think um, he's but- controlled opposition, dude. Him and Tulsi Gabbard. I actually want to talk to you about Tulsi Gabbard here after we're done with this point. But they're, they're saying some very, very agreeable things to the conspiracy theorists. Right, right. So even even he was pointed out he was he was pointing out the fact that it's crazy that liberals are so bad at winning elections like we instead of talking about how we can uh maybe win in 2022 or, or keep the majority in 2022 we're always already talking about how we're going to lose it and it will we will lose it big time this this tends to happen uh after a, a president is is elected is it two years later the opposition in the congress uh comes a comes a roaring at him so um that, yeah, that makes sense. That that storyline makes sense, and I, I don't, I don't think it's going to make one bit of a difference. I think it's people are going to look at the economy at that time, and it's still going to be bad. And uh, even though the numbers are saying that it's good, and the elite economists are saying that it's it should be fine, people, normal everyday people, just put a smile on your face. Uh, Daddy Biden is in is in charge. Yeah. Uh, they're going to look at the economy and 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 as always, ascribe agency to the president in charge vote the opposite party um that's what's going to happen but uh if you didn't have anything else on that one man i wanted to talk about cyber ninjas and how you thought about them because that has there's been a trickle of information since that came out but how did you guys look at cyber ninjas the, the the findings that they came out with and the whole process well so i watched that whole thing and don't let me forget about tulsi gabbard because i want to talk about her too um the cyber ninja stuff it was very interesting because I ended up finding out Tucker Carlson was a big investor in cyber ninjas. Allegedly, this is all alleged. Okay. Um, but you got, you got cyber ninjas uh, backed by Tucker Carlson. 
Patrick Byrne, the CEO of uh, Overstock.com, who was really taking a proactive role in what was going on with uh, with the overturning of the election and all this shit. And General Flynn and his brother, who we cannot forget, was appointed by the left's messiah, Barack Obama, right? This is this is a guy that's a traitor, man. And this is something that I, I wouldn't have. If you would have told me this last year, I would have said, fuck you, man. Like, you're wrong about that dude being a traitor. Now, it's funny that if you're really awake to what's going on, you can see, like, with the paper trail that this dude, that the that um, Flynn and his brother are really behind the the sabotage of the Trump campaign. Whether Trump's a good president or not, I don't care. At this point, he's either he's either stupid or he's an asshole. And I don't want either one of those in charge. Right. Um, I don't know which is worse, quite frankly. But. Uh, yeah, man, it, with with burn and with all these guys taking the roles that they did and just completely duping the 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 side. Marjorie Taylor Greene's another one, dude, like these people. If, if you're a politician supporting QAnon still. There's something fucking wrong, dude. I I was kind of, I don't know if you remember, Brandon, I was kind of about QAnon. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. But I wasn't like, oh, dude, this is fucking real. Like Q said this. I was never like that. But I was like, okay, this is interesting. It's a cool idea. Maybe it's real. It seems legit. But there were people that were all in on it. And I get it. It's like the Bolshevik revolution, that Operation Trust that the Bolsheviks did. Um, But now... Anyone that fucking even thinks that there is a shred of credibility to QAnon or these politicians that supported it, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, are fucking morons. Because, I mean, it's it's insane. It is insane that you have people that are still supporting QAnon right now after all of these things have come out to just not be true. Well, well, let's let's ascribe malevolence instead of incompetence uh like like i know that the conspiracy theory world likes to do because that's a that's a nice brain stretching uh practice for 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 any skeptics like like me listening uh what so that that means that because they are marjorie taylor green let's look at uh, specifically you think she is either incompetent or is so feeding into the what is it? Uh, what, what were you calling Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, just uh, controlled opposition. Controlled opposition. Do you think that that's what they're doing? Like they're trying? Yes. To make, yeah. Yeah. Because she she's a frequent guest on the Steve Bannon War Room podcast, and Steve Bannon very involved with Cambridge Analytica. Uh, Cambridge Analytica is a fascinating thing to look into. I'm just starting to really dive deep into it. I've been familiar with them since the election, the first one, um, but really diving into them. They're shady as shit. And their involvement with Facebook and all these things. Uh, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, she owned a construction company before she got into politics. And you mentioned Cyber Ninjas earlier, and this is kind of what we're talking about right now. Um, Karen Fan, I don't know if, if you recognize that name. She was in charge of the uh, audit here in, in Maricopa, uh, the, the, our, our big brother city up there in Phoenix, right? We're here in Tucson, greater Tucson area. Uh, I don't know if you're in Pima County, Brandon. Is that where you're at? Yeah, I'm in Pima County. Are you talking about the Arizona state senator fan? Like Karen Fan. I she, I don't know exactly what her her position in government is, but I know that she was presiding over the audit. She was the one that was like saying, "Okay, we're going to do this forensic audit. Cyber ninjas are in charge." Blah blah blah. She was the main head honcho of the audit. 
Um, so she was the one single-handedly could overturn or not. She just needed the evidence to do it and so on. Uh, Karen Fan, her brother, owns a construction company that got a massive, massive state deal the day after the election was called in favor of Biden. You can look this up. I know it sounds crazy, but this is how the deep state works. This is why when people say the deep state's not real. Early on, we got a negative review on the podcast saying the deep, the deep state's not real, you idiots. It is fucking real. Maybe you don't call it the deep state, but it's very real. Um, but yeah, Karen Fan gets a, gets a, you know, her, her brother's company gets a massive deal, multi-billion dollar deal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with this, with the state of Arizona the day after this whole thing shakes out. We can call these coincidences, but I mean, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The left, the honest lefties even, and this is not, this is, this is not about political. I don't, this the, the the narrative that you said that the mainstream media is constantly trying to put push the left and right that's that's powerful but anyone from any side can tell that political leaders are getting handouts from their closest industrial friends yeah insider uh, trading yeah whether that be in real estate uh, technology um all, all this uh, currency especially um but uh, you can't you just can't acknowledge <laughs> this is this is the mark it is even the this is actually the way that marx came up with thinking about institutions like the ones that you guys talk about on the dangerous world podcast that has fed into the conservatives mindset that i am most interested in seeing when it pops up every now and then is just acknowledging that the bourgeoisie because the left just calls it the bourgeoisie right mm-hmm. this that you're talking about there's there's key important differences in reality i think but in the ways that we practically talk about them they are one and the same and, oh so the yeah. the left calls the deep state the bourgeoisie so so, so uh, i think that the deep state and the bourgeoisie has in today's mainstream left and right perspectives have come to represent everything that is wrong with our own society. It's a very, it's a very Robin hood, uh, Robin, Robin hood, uh, uh, what's it called? Like perfect world that, that, that a lot of mainstream lefties and righties are ascribing to get to uh, and calling the, and I, I think the bourgeoisie is a very different group, but I think they functionally in the way that the left talks about the society's problems, they, they are one in the same. Can you, we call you, them the 1%? Yeah. 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 The bourgeoisie would be a little bit wider of a group. It okay. would contain more people. It would contain, even like the uh, mom and pop store shop, um, you know, uh, managers or owners, thought leaders and things like that. So, uh, what, what was that? Thought leaders and things like that. Pop culture not icons, ju- not just thought leaders, but also people who control the flow of capital. Gotcha. So that that that's not just the one percent. That's also anyone sure. who owns a owns a business to some extent is in the in is is going on the uh the venture of creating more capital which is the root of what marx thought was a a, a, a capitalist was yeah uh, so so 
yeah, you can't, you just can't ignore that. Take no. it from, uh, I mean, yeah, I consider myself a moderate lefty, but a lefty nonetheless, they, they get into shady shit when they're together. But, um, so, so, so the, the narrative on, uh, cyber ninjas then is yeah, yeah. that it's, uh, wasn't going to be what you wanted. Anyways. No, no. Right. And they sold us on it. They sold you know, the, the right or the conspiracy theorists or the people that thought that Trump won, we'll call them that. They sold us on the, the cyber ninjas being the optimal choice because they weren't involved with politics, right? right. They weren't involved with political audits. Uh, so we thought that that was a good idea. We're like, oh, yeah, these guys can't be tainted. There's no way. And then, you know, long after the fact, we realized like, yeah, absolutely. Just like, you know, Dr. Bodden that did like all the famous autopsies and it just happens to be like, yeah, there's some shady shit that goes on with these things. Um, yeah, man. I, I think that they, they, they did a great job selling these things and it could have been some revenge taken because of the shady shit that Trump did in 2016 with Cambridge Analytica and with the help of Steve Bannon and some of these deep players, because he has some connections to the Russian mafia, but not the way that the steel dossier was trying to lay out the way that the left went about it leads me to believe that Trump was a chaos candidate. He was meant to be in for the time that he was meant to be in. And for the record, I think he's gone. And I think that the way that we're supposed to view Trump now uh, is, is this guy that if it, like the one that got away, if, if, you know, the gas prices were low. The economy was raging until Fauci and his fucking team released this pandemic. And then Biden gets in and he's like Jimmy Carter 2.0 interest rates. Like we're, we're almost facing hyperinflation at this point. Seven fucking percent month over month is insane. Uh, your dollar day to day literally is getting you less than what it was yesterday. Um, this is Jimmy Carter 2.0, like I said. So I think that Trump is meant to look like this, this, this president that got away. Um, and before we get away from that, Tulsi Gabbard, dude, I want to, I want I really want to touch on this because she's yeah. acting really like a Republican or like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. What were you going to say? Sorry, sorry. Re- real quick before we get into Tulsi, I was really going to, uh, just going to remind you about her, but, uh, how about Lindell then? Is Lindell just, just one of that, that movement? Do I don't know. It? Yeah. Cause I, 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 th- I think he's, I think he's, he's, uh, uh, I think he's a real, Carnival Parker snake oil salesman. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think there's a part of him that like is legit believing that stuff. So I'm just wondering if you think that there are some people who are on the quote unquote good side, still thinking that that uh, is, is what happened, that the election was, was stolen. And, and Man, but anyway, yeah, every part of me wants to believe that Mike Lindell's a good guy. Cause I, I like the guy's personality. I actually really enjoy the way that he talks. Um, yeah. He seems like a like just like your goofy uncle that fucking like hit the lottery. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem like a CEO to me. I want to love that guy. Honestly, he he's he seems like like what Biden tries to be. Biden tries to be like this, like loving old man. But it just comes off creepy when he's whispering to six year old kids that'll show him around the White House live in a fucking press conference. That's creepy as shit. But like Lindell is like this nurturing, very sweet seeming man. Um. But is he on the wrong side of history? I don't know. I, I really don't know yet. Um, I tend to believe that he's probably got some kind of deal going. Um, but at the same time, 
he has lost a lot of revenue and these guys operate off that. But then again, when these, when these multi billion dollar stimulus packages come out, I wonder who's getting paid. Who's getting a chunk of this money. Did Lindell just get like under the table, some serious cash. Did, did, uh, you know, Trump get some money. Did his family get some money to go away and to just kind of, I mean, Trump is pushing the vaccines hard and, yeah. you know, Dr. Robert Malone, the guy that fucking invented the MRNA technology. He seems very interesting too. He's a Trump supporter, America first type dude, and he created the technology for the vaccines, yet he's sitting here and he's saying, these aren't good for you. You know what I mean? It's like, why the fuck did you create them then? You got him, you got Peter Navarro, Dr. Peter Navarro as well, doing the same thing. Um, they were they were the ones that were behind Operation Warp Speed, allegedly, the, the faces of it at least. And you have them sitting there saying like, no, we can't, we can't force people to take these. These things are dangerous. Their death shots is what they call them. The people that fucking created them. So what does that mean? I mean, what is that? You know, there's something, there's a deep, deep 3D chess thing going on here. This is, this is what the QAnon people thought Trump was doing. So it, it must be with the kinds of things that I'm seeing uh, just now that Tulsi Gabbard has been saying over the past uh, few months too, because uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about playing opposition. I know that, that, uh, Bill Maher has got to be one in there, like we talked about earlier. And yeah. Tulsi Gabbard, I remember even Ron uh, talking about the fact that that he liked uh, Tulsi as as attracted to her as I am. Uh, uh, me fem- too, buddy. That's the that's the feminist in me speaking. I really like that Cruella Deville look that she had going with that gray streak. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so she's saying last month, you know, to Democrats, stop trying to divide us. And um, I'm assuming this is. Uh, her talking about the the phenomenon of, of of cancel culture and 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 virtue signaling and, and and all the such. So, how do you get to the idea that she is controlled putting, opposition? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I just that that's strange to me because that kind of seems like exactly the thing that you would want to hear. Is it just the problem sure. that it's coming from the left? Well, yeah. that, I'll explain. So, so Biden did the same thing. I actually posted on the Instagram today. Uh, Biden said we could get along really well if the Trump supporters just stop voicing their opinions, essentially, is what he said. You know, he was like, if the Trump supporters would just stop pushing these theories, we could get along. It's like, dude, you know, people people, that's the whole part about free speech is everyone likes it. If it's there, if it's the thing that they want, if it's going against their speech, it's anti free speech. That's a that's a different topic for another day. But the way that I think that Tulsi is is being set up to be controlled opposition. I don't know if she is quite yet, but um, my theory is that she'll run as an independent candidate in 2024, potentially, or 2028 or 2032 or whenever, if my numbers are right. Um, So she'll run out as a third party. And what she'll do, she's not going to split the Democratic vote, dude. She'll split the Republican vote. And that will make the Democratic candidate walk the fuck in. So you'll have, let's say, let's just hypothetical here. You got like Michelle Obama running, Tulsi Gabbard running, and Ron DeSantis running in 2024. Uh, Kamala Harris, I don't think will ever be president, quite frankly. I, I really don't see that. Uh, if she is, it'll be the shortest presidential term ever because I think, I, I honestly think that she'll get out. She faked being black to get the into the position where she is, which is very, very racist. You know, these this side is all about anti-racism but i mean faking your religion and you you see that a lot from those hyper progressives you know fucking who was that lady that said she was indian or native american 
you know, uh, the old uh, white lady that was like probably one seventy thousandth yeah. Cherokee. Um, yeah. So you see that a lot, you know. Um, so I got a little sidetracked there, but yeah, I think that Tulsi is being set up to be this independent candidate that will split the Republican vote. Uh, what about people like uh, Kirsten Cinema? You know, our own our own state senator, bipartisan and bisexual. You know, what do you what do you think about her? <laughs> Isn't she a Democrat? She is a Democrat, but she has been along with uh, the senator from what was it, Virginia? Yeah, Manchin? she's going against the yeah the mainstream. Yeah, who's, uh, who's going, and I know that I'm I'm quite sure that in your guys's narrative is that the opposition that they that they are putting up to the Biden uh, the Biden approved Build Back Better plan uh, bill is fake. So is 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 our Kirsten Cinema also part of that 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 narrative that Tulsi is? I would say so, dude, because, you know, you know what Doug Ducey, you know, like what made him his money? Are you familiar with his story? Uh, uh, Coldstone, right? Coldstone. His business was about to go under until he started doing he started buddying up with China. And he's <laughs> he's in charge of the uh, governors of America, if I'm not mistaken. That's the title yeah. of it. Yeah. And uh, he was saying, like, yeah, we need everyone should be excited to do business with China. You know what I mean? I mean, he admits talking with them like, yeah, China's done great things for my company. And his his Coldstone was about to be done. You know what I mean? Before we even knew Doug Ducey's name, Coldstone was about to not even be a thing. Um, it was just a tiny little thing, I think, coming out of Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and then it blows up and it's all around the fucking country now. So uh, very, very shady uh, business dealings with him. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, the, I think doing business with China is probably the good move if you're trying to to make money, but it's it can't be a good move for long term for the long term when it comes to the United States, dude. I mean, that was one thing that I will still say that Trump was pushing that was good is bring factories here. It was kind of weird when he talked about bringing that one factory. I forget the name off the top of my head, but the one where people were jumping out of the buildings in China. Do you remember that? Foxconn. Yeah. Foxconn. He's like Foxconn's coming back. And it's like, isn't this the fucking company where people are literally killing themselves because they can't leave? It's like, yeah, it's a good thing. You know, it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? So believe me, dude, I, I see the hypocrisy on both sides. Um, I just I, I tend to agree that we should say America first. I, I will never shy away from that. So that so America first. I wonder how that factors into uh, your retrospect on Afghanistan then. Because uh, yeah, let's talk about that. So that was some we we skipped over a few things. I, I, we should we should do this month by month real quick. We could speed this up a little. We 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 were on January. We kind of jumped all over the month. The biggest thing I remember coming out of February was the Texas winter storm. Uh -huh. Um, I don't know if you remember anything substantial. I'm just looking on Wikipedia here. Uh, I had some things on Instagram that I that I had noted too, but uh, the the United States rejoined the Paris, uh, Paris climate accord. Um, you know, there was a few things, nothing too significant other than that massive winter storm in, uh, Texas, which seemed like, you know, there was something shady about that. Very interesting because, you know, the Texas, uh, power people, I don't know what the fuck the board was called there, but they were saying like, Hey, we, we need, we need some extra permission here to, to kind of crank up the old, uh, generators, so to speak. And they, they were like, no, no, you're not fucking doing that. We got to worry about the climate change. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, these people are going to die. And people did. 
Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but I will move into March if not. Well, I just, just that Marjorie Taylor Greene was uh, persecuted in mainstream media for calling out the same Jewish space lasers that we did on our episode. Yeah. Uh, yes, she was. And, well, and that was, and, that was also with the fires in California. Right. So, so um, that, because I thought I didn't look around, but because I thought that the conspiracy theory, whether, uh, control people would have must have been having a field day after these tornadoes that tore the through the middle of the country just recently um i i yeah. it just brought up memories of that but is this i'm assuming marjorie taylor green puts out some good ideas to gain legitimacy with the right who flock to her is that is that the concept there because if you're saying that she's playing opposition i i'm assuming you don't you you don't disbelieve everything that comes out of her mouth, uh, including something that we talked about on this podcast. But no, that's 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 all that I wanted to bring up in, in the listeners' minds. You know? Well, no, I think that she says some things that that are correct, as far as like, yeah, we need to. I actually believe that we need to arrest Fauci at least at least hold a serious court case. I'm not. I I don't think that he's going to spend a day behind bars, but in like a perfect world or a, a sane world, I would say. Um, the same world for the record that that Trump wouldn't even have to have ran in the first place. Our system was very broken and that's why Trump won. Um, I, I will admit that I, I, I thought that he did a decent job. Uh, I just don't know if he left us off better or worse. Cause I don't think that he was in charge of the pandemic at all. Um, because he was actually saying like, let's close down the borders. Let's fucking shut ourselves down early. And everyone called him racist. And now the, it's kind of flip flopped. Um, yeah, she says some things that are, that are good, but uh, she's not fucking acting on any of them, dude. She's not acting on anything. She's part of that. I think she's part of some committee, the America first committee, uh, with, with Congress. Matt Gates is another one. He said something I, while I don't know if you were part of the show when he did this, but I brought it, I brought it up a couple of times. He was talking about a book from, I think Bob Woodward or Bob Woodard that was talking all this shit about Trump and he's holding it up to Fauci. Fauci's being grilled supposedly by uh Congress. And Matt Gates is holding up a book, talking shit about the book, meanwhile giving the book a goddamn advertisement. Everyone there's millions of eyes on that book. Yeah. And he's sitting there holding it up and he's like, "You're talking in this book about this. You had time to talk about this book." And he's like literally mentioning the name of the damn book over and over again. It's like people don't see these things. Like that is a great advertisement to any leftist that hates Trump to go and buy that book, you know, and, and I don't know if it's intentional. I have a feeling that it is. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's fascinating. So yeah, long, long way to answer. I think that she's full of shit, but in order to play the game, they have to say some things that will, that will um, line up with their constituents or so to speak. Right. Right. No, it makes sense. I got you. I don't know. Yeah. That was a long answer, but March, I'm not seeing anything too significant here in March um other than the pope meeting with the uh grand ayatollah ali al uh, sistani in nahef iraq i hope i pronounced that right for the one listener out in iraq um <laughs> yeah man just north korea uh severs diplomatic ties with malaysia not a whole lot that i saw um april anything sticking out in your mind in april is uh is afghanistan april or is that later I think that was July. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, uh, no, not April. Not April. Let's see. What, what do you What do you got? 
Uh, I'm just going through here. I'm trying to kind of, we're doing live, we're doing live uh, research here. We could have probably done some research on this, but why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, Raul Castro resigns from the first secretary of the Cuban Communist Party. Any more than 62 years of rule by the Castro brothers. That's pretty significant because I know that there was some chaos going on in Cuba. That was back in April. SpaceX launches their Crew 2 mission carrying a crew members, four crew members uh, of Expedition 65 and 66 International Space Station aboard Crew Dragon, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, that, that, there's a whole series of the, the billionaires being launched into, into space. I know Mike Strahan uh, just went up on uh, Blue Origin the other day, too. Um, Is that the dick rocket? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I was just looking at it. I had no input either and i just the first thing i say to my girlfriend is dude this this is phallic as fuck like, like I'm yeah. this, this dick rocket that they're sending up it's funny that other people yeah where are the feminists there they're fucking that's perpetuating the <laughs> patriarchy hardcore bill burr has a great bit about it it's like yeah you know how feminists argue about the fact that that rockets they're of course they're penis shaped right it was like it doesn't really aerodynamically it doesn't really make them make sense if they were going to be shaped like cunts you know like they wouldn't be able to <laughs> enough fast enough so. He's one of the greatest, dude. While I'm looking here, who are some of your favorite comedians of all time? I saw Doug Stanhope this year, man, who um, he was right there in, in Phoenix, who lives in Bisbee. Uh, I remember living in your house and just watching his specials. Yeah. Beer Hall Push. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, repeatedly. A Beer Hall Push. And then the other one where he was running for libertarian uh, in the libertarian uh, uh, race for, for president as well um so he's he's fucking, he's fucking great man we uh joey diaz uh, the my my favorite storyteller uh not necessarily my favorite comedian but his stories are, are just great that's and his then, gig yeah storytelling. yeah yeah and then yeah i've done my my stint with all of the the former like death squad guys so like like joe rogan and um and all of all of his cohorts i've seen tom segura uh a couple of years ago i think and uh but doug stanhope uh but doug stanhope and if we're going classics george carlin for sure um all people who like to rage against the machine it, it fit my teenage angst for sure man you're still up up on uh on tim duh tim dylan dude yeah i i think i i don't know if you've given him like a serious chance but if you like those cynical comics like bill hicks i mean bill hicks isn't terribly funny but yeah, he's yeah. got that comedy that makes you think um in my mind, dude, Tim Dillon's the greatest comedian alive. Like, in, in my opinion, I'm not going to say he's the greatest of all time. Uh, that would just be stupid. I think, like, George Carlin, you have some some phenomenally sure. funny people that have passed on. But uh, uh, Dave Chappelle is obviously hilarious. But I feel like right now what he's doing is just saying the shit that everyone else is too afraid to say just for the sake of saying it. And it kills because no one else will say it. Um, no. But as far as funny goes... Uh, dude, yeah, I I listen to his fucking show every day, and I'm a Patreon subscriber for him. And there's some episodes that are so funny that just because the shit that he's saying, but then there's some episodes where he's talking about where it makes you want to cry because he's talking about like real shit, and it's like holy yeah. shit. Like he, I don't know if you know his story, but his mom's a schizophrenic and she's in an insane asylum and <laughs> shit. Like it, and he. He's like, he talks shit about his mom because he's like, yeah, she's already dead to me. Like, you have to make peace with these people before they die. You know what I mean? And like, it, he'll say some shit. It just makes you fucking think. And it's like, holy shit. But then he'll say stuff that makes you like cry laugh too. And like, it's, 
he's brilliant dude and and yeah i i feel like i'm always like on his dick because i mention him pretty often but yeah dude he's he's the greatest in my opinion his uh i've seen him do his real estate uh salesman pitch on multiple uh multiple podcasts i got when he was appearing as a guest because he used to be a real estate agent and would just sell people well, no it was uh he what does he say he, he says sold he's mortgages so subprime mortgages yeah <laughs> because he believes in the american people more than the u.s government does <laughs> yeah there's something that that's so real like we talk about the you know the grind like alex jones is so much of a carnal carnival barker mm-hmm. but he's so far past it and tim dylan i feel like lets you in and lets you see what somebody like that really thinks because he, i think I know he brings up on you know, the your mom's helps podcast the fact that one of his biggest problems is just lying about countries he's been to you know <laughs> saying yeah. that he's met people that he's never met i love how honest he is man that's 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 been the best thing about all of the all of the comedians that i've looked up to um but by the way uh doug stanhope uh when i went to see him earlier uh just a few months ago one of his best one of the best jokes that he reeled reeled into but he, he he just he just asked you know you know everybody that's here uh you know covid or 911 which one was your favorite like which one <laughs> like, covid obviously didn't have the uh the 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 videos of people jumping to their to their deaths like 911 had which made it interesting <laughs> but it was just such a the whole room was just like oh yeah like the the groaning comics like those are the things that i think is funny like i like i said Chappelle says these things that are so offensive to so many people i think it's hilarious i I love them yeah yeah he's great but like yeah those dark comedians where it's like should i laugh at this like if you're in a crowded room you're like should i laugh at this those are the best jokes to me so good so good but yeah Yeah, so i'm sorry go ahead no, no, I was, I was just, just just talking about the, uh, the 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 script that we're running on here. If you want to jump to another big story, I got Afghanistan. If you were trying to wrap up, but other than that, we can go month by month here. What else you got? Yeah, I'm skipping forward, man, because I wanted to try and hit the big things that blew whatever origin shit it took off in uh, in June, if I'm not mistaken, June or July. Uh, that was the first first one to do it. Yeah, so here in July on the 19th. Uh, successfully conducts the first human test flight with reusable New Shepard rocket, which is a creepy fucking name too, New Shepard. Um, if we're going to talk about biblical shit. And then, yeah, all this stuff with Afghanistan went down in August, late August. So August 26, 2021, Kabul airport attack. At least 182 people are killed, including 13 U.S. service members in a suicide bomb attack at Kabul airport. Um, 27th United States launches an airstrike killing Islamic state member who is believed to have planned a Kabul airport bombings. Now, if we're going to actually go back and really talk about what that was, they didn't kill anyone yes. from the Islamic state. So Wikipedia is confirmed, uh, controlled opposition here. Speaking of that, uh, they killed a family and, uh, no real apologies for that. I think that, uh, that fucking, uh, what's his name? Millie just kind of came out and was like, yeah, sorry, it happens. You know, you, Sometimes you bomb the wrong wedding. So I don't know, kind of shitty. Um, Hurricane Ida in Louisiana. Yeah, August was a rough month, dude. What were your thoughts on the Afghan pullout? Because I thought it was pretty sloppy. Um, but let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, always looking to compare. Uh, I would love uh, a listener to to hit me up at the the Dangerous Gent on on Instagram to show me examples of 
pullouts from war zones that have gone off without such hitches. And that even still, if there was a, a, a massive casualty events at the end of every single war, wouldn't make me uh, as, as wouldn't make me any less sad um, still about the fact that, that it was such a, a skirmish there at the, uh, at, at, at the end. Um, I, I blame it. I blame it on incompetence and, I'm not, I also don't play Monday morning quarterback. You know, I don't sure. know what would have happened, what could have gone better. My overall, my overall narrative about that issue though, is still thinking about the times where we were in Afghanistan and talking to ourselves about all the reasons that we should get out and yeah. uh, uh so no one was happy no one was happy with the way that um that the pullout happened but um as sad as it is god damn it's hard to be a feminist and support these these ideas i know um but the, it's it's hard to see people you know kids being sold into marriage there under in, in a taliban run uh, state um, and they're doing a pretty good job by the way they're getting a, whole, a lot of people behind them and they'll gain international notoriety um uh at, at at some point here but it's it's sad to see all that that happen man but is still over over um overridden by my thoughts that we 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 didn't need to be there man we didn't need to be there and it's yeah it's the place of non-governmental organizations especially the international ones who are the scariest to the conspiracy theory world um that we should empower uh along with direct foreign aid um, uh, that, 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 that would help us out of that situation to make that one better because both sides acknowledge that now we have a safe haven for more terrorists for the planning of more terrorist attacks, which yeah. we will have one. It's, 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 it's about time. So, well, it will happen because of the, uh, yeah. the approval ratings of the presidency, man. This is what happened with the Bush, the Bush administration His, and I know some people are, are more skeptical about false flags and things like this. But I think if you go back and you look at these at these major events, whether it's the Boston bombing, uh, those kids are confirmed FBI associates uh, with the whole. Even if you believe the mainstream media narrative with 9-11, Saudi Arabians attacking us and we go into Afghanistan, and Iraq and all those other countries, every other country essentially over there other than fucking Saudi Arabia. And we still are close friends with them. Uh, doesn't make sense. And I love the fact that a lot of people are blaming Biden for the whole thing. The other side's blaming Trump for being there. Who's blaming Bush? Who's blaming George W. Bush? Because that's the reason that the fucking people were there in the first place. So all that aside, um, I will say that it's piss poor pullout on Biden's part, leaving all that equipment there. There was billions of dollars of equipment that was left there. And it's not the fact that the Afghani military will have that or whatever the tribes there. Uh, they're shipping that shit to China. China now has control of the lithium that's over there in Afghanistan. Um, if not China, then Russia. But I would say China because they have more dick to sling around, even though they got tiny wieners. Um, you know, th there's something very interesting about that whole dynamic, man. It, it's almost like it was set up because uh, Biden has a significant stake in a Chinese lithium mine. Uh, the Biden family does, that is. And I forget the name off the top of my head, but you could probably do a quick Google search and confirm that or DuckDuckGo and find that the lithium mine that Biden is a, a stakeholder in. Uh, I think that has something to do with it. You also have Ukraine and Russia going at it like they always do. Um, 
but you know we're not going to intervene with that as as the as a country because uh you know ukraine has hunter in their pocket and i believe that china and russia have have uh biden uh the big the big guy as they say in their pocket so it's interesting man i think that you know dude i don't know if you remember when we started this man i used to kind of make fun of preppers i thought that prepping was retarded i was like dude People that like, because I I remember the Doomsday Prepper show, and I remember this fucking stupid idiot, this fat fuck, and it's like, dude, you know, you think that if like things go down like primal levels, like you're not going to need to run and be in shape, and this guy's like obese, first of all, and he shoots off his finger because he didn't like make sure that his gun was cleared, blows his thumb off, and then faints. It's like, okay, first of all, you shot your thumb, which is stupid. And second of all, you see a little blood and you lose a digit, not even a limb, and you're going to pass out. How are you prepared for the apocalypse if you can't see blood or lose a thumb? You know what I mean? So, like, that was kind of like my introduction to to uh, to prepping. But I, I'm a big, big proponent of prepping now. I think that it's very logical to have some like quite a bit of extra food and some water and bullets or whatever you may need. Um, I'm not saying I do it, but I'm saying that it's it's a it's not a it's not the worst move to make yeah yeah um there's a whole bunch of instances like that where the the practitioners and the practice don't quite line up especially when they're put on like tlc shows you know for for like looking at these these quote-unquote crazy ass preppers these people who think that the doomsday is coming uh meanwhile there are people like the one percent who have like bunkers are already bought, bought and paid for, you know, like they're the preppers because they have the capital to, to invest in that. Uh, we just don't make fun of them uh, because it's not as good uh, television. So no, no, um, th- th- this comes from that interesting bit of time, right? When COVID struck where the right was rushing to be more concerned about COVID than I think the, um, the skeptics were not necessarily the left, but the skeptics were. So from that time, I think there's a little bit of uh, momentum from that time where the, even the right was afraid of COVID and then they stopped being afraid of COVID, but now think that the deep state is going to be the, uh, the trigger uh, for, for the, 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 the legit end of day Mm. scenario. So I can, I can, I can still see uh, the the validity of stocking up uh, on water and food, man. There's no, uh, not, not, not a very good skeptic in the world would, would uh, second guess you on that. So, yeah, dude, Um, let's, uh, we could, we could obviously do this for probably hours, man. And and we'll have to do this more. Um, It's been too long since you've been on the show. I'm, I'm scrolling through Wikipedia, looking at the deaths, the high profile deaths, um, don't want to get into those but yeah man uh, we can we can do this uh again before the end of the year i need to get off here soon because i'm about to to chat for the patreon portion of this episode going to talk about this weird uh football player death i don't know if you heard about that uh football player death no that's that's uh either for next episode or for your your, your patreon there man but yeah if you got to wrap up let's uh let's wrap it up man it was a long year it was hard to remember all the shit that went down yeah but we uh, we will uh, touch base uh, more frequently as we go forward. Lastly, I just can I, can I dispel anyone who still thinks there was a falling out? Uh, that's uh, that's silly. Ryan and I are, are in contact, uh, good friends and good family members. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, still love you. Still uh, uh, still still missing you. I'm so thankful that that you were able to carry this this project on, man. And uh, yeah, dude. 
good, good, good luck. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Cause I doubt it'll be uh, before the end of the year that we, we get to speak with the, the audience at least, but, uh, but happy holidays, everybody. And uh, thanks for, thanks for having me along on this, on this ride. It was really, really, really fun, Ryan. Well, and thanks for making the time for this evening, man. And yeah, I, I just wanted to shoot this to you. And then for the listeners that, that made it to this point that are going to go over to Patreon, this guy that passed away is a Denver Broncos player, uh, Demarius, Demarius Thomas, um, Denver Broncos, which I know that you were a Denver Bronco fan for quite some time as a kid. And this dude died at 33 years old. Very interesting. And his mother was pardoned from Barack Obama for a sentence. Her sentence was shortened. So it's very interesting that this dude dies. There's a lot of weird symbolism behind this. And I'm getting on the best dude that I know when it comes to like pop culture and sports symbolism like this. Jason, you guys might know him as Colorado Dank, but he will be coming on uh, talking about this. We're going to break it down for about 30 minutes and it's fascinating stuff. But yeah, guys, Brandon will be back for sure. And we're going to do this more often. Um, haven't talked for a couple of weeks here, but you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we make this happen more often. And uh, I think that people do enjoy listening to what you have to say. And I think it's helpful, dude, if people don't agree with what someone is saying, they can present it in a good fashion. Like I think you do. It is helpful, at least in arguments or healthy conversation, like more people need to have Um, debates are good. This is how you find out if your ideas are wrong or not Uh, may take a little bit of time, but you will learn that, that, you know, this is, this is the best way that our country as a whole can I think recover if we can fucking just have some damn conversations with people that we don't agree with. Um, but yeah, Brandon, thanks again. Do you want to plug anything that you're doing at all or. Uh, living the beautiful life, everybody subscribe to it and, uh, and, uh, and pay for it guys. So no, no, nothing, nothing, <laughs> uh, nothing of substantive uh, monetary value to, to plug here. You can guys get, uh, get at me on Instagram at uh, dangerous gents, mostly just uh, DMS there. I don't put up any, any content there, but if you guys want to reach out to me, I always love uh, hearing you guys' um, uh, uh, messages and, and reminiscing and stuff like that. I still get, uh, I still text a lot with the, uh, with uh, Joe and um, yeah. what's her name? Uh, yeah. Uh, what podcast am I thinking of? <laughs> I Legit bad. Legit bat, yeah, yeah. Still text with them quite a bit. Ron reaches out every now and then. So, uh, yeah, guys, hit me up there. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. Good and yeah, guys, for the uh, for the portion about this so uh, interesting little football case, head on over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and uh, make sure you subscribe there. It's fucking three dollars, you loser. You can fucking do that. So let's see you over there and uh, have a good rest of your night, your week, and the short portion of the year that we have left, guys. Stay safe. But more importantly, have fun, guys. We'll see you over there at Patreon.